I'm Sean Williams, and this week I'm bringing you not one, but two guests as Open for Business, the podcast brought to you by Holmes and Gately, are discussing where gorillas get their protein from. Well, not exactly. I'll be talking to Gorilla Juice founder Harry Barrett and his commercial mastermind James Adams about their unique plant-based protein drink. If you want to check out their products during the conversation, go to GorillaJuicePro.com. I think you'll find the product's quite innovative and um, quite the story's quite inspiring. Uh, so welcome, guys. How are you today? Very good, thanks. Very good indeed. Very good. Yeah, good. Um, I'm not normally joined by two people, so sort of trying to get used to two voices. Yeah. Um, can one of you tell me uh, basically about the product, first of all? Yeah, of course. So um, it, 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 very simply, it's, um, it's a protein powder, um, but uh, with a twist. Uh, most protein powders sort of sit in sports supplement world, which is, um, uh, I suppose it's an industry which obviously you would assume mostly for athletes and, um, um, and, and, and professional athletes and that side of thing. But um, what we have done is um, we've created a, a product which sits more on the lifestyle side. So it's a, yes, it's still suitable for athletes, things like that, but it, it sits more in, in a lifestyle category. So um, bringing it back to basics, it is a protein powder uh, made up of uh, brown rice and pea protein, um, which then powdered into naturally powdered into into powder form, and then um, we have combined it with a superfood formula as well, which is uh, about fourteen superfoods: um, spinach, corollas, and um, and bits like that. Um, and we, we combined it together. Um, it comes in a nice package. Uh, you take a scoop out. You mix it in with water, milk, anything like that. Uh, almond milk, um, any, any plant-based milk goes great with as well. Um, you give it a shake um, or, or a blend and, um, and away you go. You've got a, um, a nutritionally dense um, drink which can um, save you a lot of time and hassle throughout your day, you know. Sure. I understand it comes in three flavours at the moment, doesn't it? Yes, yes, correct. So we've got a strawberry shebang flavour, which is a big favourite at the moment. Caramel latte crush. And um, a little bit more of an obscurity, we went for a matcha flavour as well. They do sound quite nice. And, and you sort of, I've seen your slogan there, um, because every vegan or plant-based product either tastes like shit or they're full of it, yeah. uh, which is great, really. Because when I think of um, that type of food, because uh, it's not necessarily an energy drink, or would you class it as an energy drink? Would it, would it sort no, of not so much. Um, no, so it's, it's caffeine-free. Um, it's um, it wouldn't be in that category, no. <clears throat> right, it's, so, it's so recovery it's, essentially. It's what? Sorry, recovery essentially. I'm not right. a recovery okay. drink. Okay, so um, obviously, it's where does the protein come from in it? What what's the so the vegan protein product? So the main source of the protein, so we get um, so we use a pea protein now um, in the industry. I mean, a lot of plant based products. Um, over the years um, have been used by soy um, and, and brown rice and, and the peas and um, they're the main sort of players in the protein game for in the plant-based protein game um, mm. but um, so so we use we use a combination of two which is brown rice and pea protein um, it's worth saying that there, there are a lot of different sort of gradings as well of these of these materials so um, I think we can go down as sort of five six categories graded pea protein as well now um, with our product right from the beginning, we, we wanted to be right at the very top of quality. 
um, not just because it's what, what the customer needs and what we believe in, but also because of flavor as well. A, a big reason why a lot of these products um, don't taste great and do taste like shit as we use in our slogan is because of the quality that people use. And um, so we didn't cut back on that. Um, and then brown, pro brown rice protein as well we use. Um, so they are the main contributors of protein in our, in our, um, in our product. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm usually sort of renowned for sort of saying, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to give up meat, to be honest. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of, <laughs> I always seem to think, you know, if I give up meat, what am I going to find the protein in and yeah. eggs and fish alike? So that's not technically a vegan. And then you look at the vegan food on, on most shows and you think, I, it, it's not appealing. And when you taste this stuff, you think, no, that tastes disgusting. So it sounds as though, yeah, what you've gone for um, to enhance that flavour, it, yeah. it does sound like a winning, winning formula. Are, are you both vegans then, are you? Yeah, so I've, I've done that now since probably the last six months, really moved over to it. Um, I, I really, um, I, I could appreciate that a plant-based diet when I was first looking into the product, um, mm. especially because I was a carnivore before and then sort of switched up to trying out on the vegan side of things. But I never got on with... Um, uh, sort of meat products, especially when it came to protein, because a lot of them are using whey protein, which is um, a byproduct of, of, of milk. Um, mm. and, and, and I personally never got on with it. It can have a, leave a really, um, really sort of faint smell and um, really upset stomach and things like that. So I never got on with it. But then when I turned to plant-based products, I, I really, really benefited from that. Felt a lot lighter on my feet um, and generally a, a, a lot better. Um, James, yeah, look, from, from my side, Sean, I, I have to be honest and say, no, I, I'm not a vegan. Um, however, uh, since being part of Gorilla Juice, I have tried to change my diet one day a week and have one day a week where I do, I do go vegan, if you will. Um, and it's interesting, you know, there's, there's a lot of things out there that you can, that you can substitute for meat. So, um, for example, I, I'm a massive curry fan. Um, yeah. and one, one day a week, you know, I'll have a curry where you can use some, some veg in there and just pack it full of veg, which, which ultimately is going to, you know, do you some good as well. Um, we're always told to have our five a day. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you, I think, I think the thing is with vegan food and the thing exactly what you just say there is everyone thinks that one, you know, are you going to be able to get your full, your full complement of what the, the body needs to perform? Um, and two, is it going to taste like shit? Um, and I don't know how many times we're out of swearing this, but yeah. uh, we're running a total here. We're up to somewhere, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we can put a parent advisory on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the truth is that that actually it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you, most things that we flavor meat, etc., with you know, is vegan. It's it's you know natural herbs and spices, etc., or, or plants, etc., and and you can do that perfectly fine. Um, could I personally go to an all vegan diet? Honestly, for me, probably not. But the thing that we're trying to say is, you know, you don't have to go that. But, but there is alternatives to just relying solely on on meat based products constantly. I think that's yeah. that's another part of what we're doing, which is, as you say, James. Obviously, you you ate meat, but since since using Gorilla Juice. Um, that's opened up your mind to maybe cutting down in other areas. It, it sort of makes the idea of switching from meat diet to, to plant-based diet a little less scary when you've got something that's this tasty out there and, and, and gives you everything you need, you know? Yeah, exactly. Something, 
something in, in that genre is more appealing, then you're likely to sort of make the jump. You think, well, somebody's done it right. Someone's got the taste right. So there must be some other product that can also be good. So, but you're right. I mean, for me... No, no, no one else has actually got that right yet. <laughs> no, no, okay. No, and I, I, I believe you because... Um, like I say, I've, I've really struggled. And I always think, I mean, especially when the weather's been nice, we've had a barbecue nearly every night. And it gets to the point where my pancreas just can't take any more meat. And it's like, and have something to eat without meat being in it, because I just can't handle any more red meat. I mean, yeah. I know the Argentinians are renowned for it. Aren't they? they love their meat, don't they? I mean, um, from a, from a sort of when I was in Argentina a few years ago, their meat is fantastic and they have, they have beef for breakfast mm. and you can understand why, but I don't think I could do that every day. No, you're going to um, have to follow that up with quite a bit of fibre, aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Or a gorilla juice, you know? I mean... Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, definitely. Uh, because obviously there's, you know, the, <clears throat> the health, issues of eating too much meat i mean there are three key elements that i noticed and they're enough to put anyone off meat i think especially men as well um and i forget which website this is from but too much meat obviously can cause appendicitis i've not heard that <coughs> for years of appendicitis mm. i've not heard that for a while uh hemorrhoids and impotence where you okay, think okay. that they just use those three marketing words um, and it'd be enough to put anyone off meat forever, wouldn't it? You know, ooh, yeah. you know. Apart from the apart from the heart disease and the cancer, you know, you, before that you're going to get hemorrhoids, your appendix is going to explode, and you're not <laughs> going to be able to. You know, um, it's kind of nailed on, isn't it? That. So, so yeah, you know, there is that issue, and it's it's always in my subconscious. I must admit, but like like a lot of people say, and it's obviously people are aware of it. I'm unable to move in that direction completely because. It's like from the protein aspect. I sort of yeah. when I think, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not having meat today, or I've not had meat for a couple of days. I'm just going to eat nuts <coughs> two days, and that's not a great idea either, because nuts are generally salted, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so you think where else am I going to get my protein from? And, mm. and milk, obviously, a bit heavy in abundance. I remember years ago, I used, when I used to train a lot, I used to have the like you say, whey powder drink. Because that was all the the yeah. rage, wasn't it? Me, yeah. I guess it was late eighties, early nineties when I used to work out a lot, and it was all whey powder. And I used to mix this whey powder with raw eggs, and oh. I used to put milk in it, and I used to put honey in it. And this thing was about about, about I think about four thousand calories in there. Yeah, at least, yeah. You know, and you used to feel tired before you could actually work out. So. Um, and strangely enough, I, I, I must have been burning about 12,000 calories a, a day after eating these things. But um, the initial feeling afterwards was one of, I can't actually be bothered to go to the gym. I want to go to sleep. Yeah, it's all right <laughs> for Michael Phelps, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. very true. Um, anyway, t tell me um, how you came across this, because it, it, it seems like um, a sort of bold move, sort of risky to enter into that area. Hmm. Um, so tell, tell me how it came about. So I, I, I was working, um, I was working up in London, um, and I mean, I think anybody who's worked up there will know how um, how long the days can be, how many hours you're putting in at the office, and maybe not not giving as much time to yourself physically 
and um, and off the back of that mentally as well so your diet's the first thing to go um i remember sort of sitting around on tubes and i'd eventually become one of the many walking dead of london and i remember um i generally had this thought one day where i was sat there looking around the tube all these dead eyes and i thought i feel like cattle on its way to um cattle market or the abattoir or something it was it, it was it was it was definitely an inspiring time so i started looking into getting fit firstly that was, i needed to switch things up um i was maybe enjoying life a little bit too much and not concentrating on on myself and my body so i got back in the gym started there and, and what comes with w- w- when being in the gym is the first thing is obviously you want your head to be in the right place you want to make sure that you've got got the right equipment firstly all the gear um uh, just to give yourself that, that bit more of an edge um, the diet obviously as well you've got a PT but then I think what comes after that is sort of the, the supplement section which is what um, is really really useful especially if you're someone like like me who was working countless hours in the day um, I'd really struggled to get a good good diet in um, so so what what benefited me best was 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 supplements so I was looking at um, plant-based proteins vegan proteins um, and at the time so this was about 2018 it, it was still it was it was a market that was being dominated by a lot of the big boys um so your maxi muscles your usns and and people like this who, who have done a very good job in the way game for, for for so many years and they've been at the top of it because of that um but they they really didn't pay much attention to the plant-based market because again at that time i, th- I think the world was still opening up its eyes to the to the plant-based world you know i mean veganism really took off and well i mean the last five years i think but um um, so, so that was that was when I, I started looking into the plant-based products, and I realised no one's really doing a very good job of it. I tried countless brands, <clears throat> the big boys at the top, and uh, and and then to lower brands as well, and no one could get the flavour right. And if they did get the flavour right, it was full of crap, um, mm. full of everything, and and it was being sold cheap as well. And it, it struck me, it's like, well, I've got everything else in line, and I've got my diet right, and I'm working out hard, I'm spending lots of money on on uh, getting to and from the gym every day and I'm putting in all these hours and then I'm spending 15 pounds and getting two kilos of protein, which is full of crap. And it's, it sort of goes against everything else. You, you, you're working towards putting all this effort in and then you let yourself down on that front. And that's, you're only being let down because the market's letting you down. And at that point I thought, well, someone's got to step in here and, and change things. And I thought that's my role. So, mm-hmm. um, we went out and uh, that, that's, that's how I came about with, uh, with creating Gorilla Juice. The name came a bit later on, but I, I knew at that point I needed to create a plant-based protein that tasted good fundamentally. And it's got to be good for you. That, that goes without saying. It's got to have the nutritional content. But the flavor was, was a big part as well. And I think that's what was putting people off. So, so they were the big focal points. And, and then it went on from there, really. I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I always find when I do a taste test on anything, the, the problem is the one I always like, that's the thing that's packed with sugar. Yeah. And so I can, I can appreciate anything tasting good, you know, that hasn't got sugar in, you know, you think, wow, you know, that hasn't got, you know, why did I like that one? Well, mm-hmm. uh, that's the only one that's got 60 grams of sugar in it. Sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, okay. Um, so, so yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I think our palates have sort of adjusted to that nowadays in this day and age, haven't they? You know, we're, there's a spartame as well. I mean, we all really like the taste of that. We know how bad it is for us. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's had some bad publicity, hasn't it? Um, in the past, I know they've, they've sort of said that. Um, can you remember? Um, they say it, it has a problem with the nervous system, doesn't it? If is it? No, yeah, yeah. I, I, there was something. I think Sunny Delight had the first issues with it, didn't they? 
Johnny Delight. Oh, we used to joke about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Back some now, then. Yeah. And a girl had a, a girl generally turned orange, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was either Sunny Delight or uh, Willy Wonka or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sort of. Um, it, was it the woman turned into a blueberry or something, didn't she? Yeah, yeah Sunny Delight, Storkest B, and there was loads of other products, weren't there, they used to laugh about. Yeah. And say, you know, what, what is going to happen to you if you consume this on a regular yeah. basis? I mean, I, I, always, I always think about pot noodle as well. It's like, yeah. I remember being introduced to pot noodle in the 80s. Uh, my mum was working away, and I went to stay with a friend uh, for a while. And... Um, and, and, and he says, you know, we used to go to school, you could walk back to school at dinner time to his house. And you say, well, you know, what do you have for dinner? I say, oh, you know, I normally have like a sandwich or some soup or something. I says, why would you? And he says, we have this. And he opened up this cupboard and it was just full of pot noodles. There must have been about 50 <laughs> pot noodles in there. Oh, I love it. And I said, I said, I've never tried a pot noodle before. Anyway, so mm -hmm. I had this pot noodle. Not <laughs> knowing what was in it, because I was about 12, I think, at the time. And um, I ate this pot noodle. I said, oh, that's, that's gorgeous. That is. And I had one every day for fortnight. And my mum re returned um, from work after the fortnight. She says, are you okay, Sean? She says, because you look grey. And I says, mum, I've not been to a toilet for a week. And she says, what the oh, hell have you been eating? I said, I've been eating this thing called pot noodle. And she says, that's just, that's just made in a, in a laboratory, isn't it, Sean? What are you eating that crap for? So, Be honest, Sean, when was the last time you had one, though? Yeah. I had well, actually lockdown has um, encouraged me to have a pot noodle again yeah. because I couldn't find anything else to eat. <laughs> I've, I've seen something recently, there's a craze online where people are using pot noodle as, uh, as a wall filler or a, a corner filler. So they boil down the noodles and mash it up into like sort of a paste. And then they fill in holes in walls and even corners, like marble corners, if you break a piece off, they can... You fill it in, and then you can just sand it off. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that, it, is that what you want inside of you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is. Um, I can believe that it can insulate walls. This thing, because you know, I think I would. I think the mum filled with prune juice for about a month afterwards to get <laughs> to get rid of this. It was yeah. like some, some kind of irrigation. Um, <laughs> But it was, yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of these products that you, you sort of think about in the past. You think, ah, oh, they've got away with it. And the pot noodle thing, it just, seems to, it just seems to sort of gain popularity every year. You know, people are mentioned, oh, you know, I've had a pot noodle and they love this, that, and the other. And I think, I still think, I don't really know what's in it. But when I look at it and I see that it's just powder, um, it looks like something that should go in a firework or something, doesn't it? <laughs> I think the thing is, though, you know, my view, you know, and I'm not, I'm not ultra into fitness, etc. That's to be fair for me. Gorilla juices, and the way that I use it is, you know, it's something midday after I, I do my exercise in the morning, have a walk in the afternoon, and it's become, it's become almost like a treat post walk. But but, but the point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, you don't have you're allowed treats in your life, right? And that can be a pot noodle if that's your thing, you know, if you, if if that is your thing, I guess. Um, but it can be a cake or something like that. You know, I don't think everyone has to be a hundred percent, you know, focused like that all the time. But then again, I'm, I'm not a personal trainer. So no, I mean, there's got to be releases and there's a balance in life. I think you've got to reward, reward the hard work and, um, and so on, you know, and if that's a pot noodle and a slice of bread, buddy, you know, yeah. 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 <laughs>
I think wine is probably my my biggest vice. Wine, I think I just I, I can't leave wine behind. It's sort of, you know, um, if if I had to give up, you know, meat and everything, I'd probably just drink more wine. I think yeah. I think it'd be, yeah. <laughs> be the death. How have you found it through lockdown with the wine? Oh, um, I think personally, I've drank more than ever during lockdown. Our bottle bag. The guys couldn't move it after the first fortnight. Um, it's been because what do you do? This is you can't go out. You sort of and the weather was nice, so oh, let's sit outside and have a let's go and get another bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so it's it's been and I think everybody around here has. I mean, I know the neighbours; they've all been sat outside with alcohol and their bottle. I, I asked the neighbour. I said, Have "You got room in your in your bottle bin?" Because I'm sort of overflowing with bottles. No, sorry, mate. He says, I've had to buy another one. <laughs> so I think a lot of people have been in the same situation during lockdown. They've either ate themselves. I mean, there's all those people in there that bought all the pasta. I mean, they're going to emerge at about 20, 20 stone, aren't they? I mean, there's somebody out there with all the pasta and they've been, uh, they've been bulking up, haven't they? Like they're running a marathon. Well. Sorry? But yeah, bread, yeah, yeah. Apparently, cement's a new thing, isn't it? That people have, have gone mad, and that's a new toilet roll. I've been told is cement because no one's had any cement for months. Apparently, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so, right though, what are these people doing with all of this stuff? You know, someone's just sat there, aren't they, and just like looking in their cupboards now, thinking, "Got no room for those pot noodles now. There's too much pasta." Yeah, yeah. Carb loading. They've been carb loading for three months, haven't they? They're going to they're going to emerge completely obese. So they've been that they've been running a marathon a day to burn this stuff off. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your what's your guys' background? Anyway, I mean, Harry, you were saying that you were on the tube. I, I've experienced yeah. that before. No, I know what you mean about being in, in cattle. It's nobody yeah. speaks. Everyone's emotionless. And there's that many people in London, but no one seems to talk to anyone, right. do they? You, you yeah. sort of face someone, and there's no emotion. They're going about their business. Because uh, I, I didn't use, I used to work at, I used to write for hospitals. So I used to have to visit hospitals on a regular basis. And in London, as, you, as you're fully aware, you have to, everywhere is on the tube. And you get on there, you see all the, and you try to build a conversation, you know, oh, I saw you yesterday, yeah. or I, and they don't want to talk to you. It's as though, Anyone who wants to strike up a conversation is a serial killer, or you know, yeah. there's something profoundly wrong with them. Yeah, the agendas, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's odd, isn't it? It's um, move up to the other, move into the other carriage as quickly as possible if they even look at you funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was your job originally then? So, uh, so I, I, I left school. Um, I went into play rugby, joined a rugby academy, had, had a number of injuries. Um, uh, which yeah, my disc cut my shoulder a few times actually, and um, over the space of two years it, it came out a number of times. But I think it was like eight times in the end over the space of twenty-four months. So I knew that it was time to sack off, uh, sack off rugby, my dreams, and I went into the next best thing, which was obviously a state agency. Um, from there, yeah, from there I, um, I I worked around in Norwich, obviously where I'm from, and then um, I, I went into to the London market as well, and in, in recruitment, but based in, in in the property industry as well. So working in the new homes side of things. Um, but again, I think that was what contributed to me coming back to my sort of my pride and joy, which my sports and my nutrition and fitness. With I spent too long away from it, and I, I really lost love with um, I think the world and what what I was doing at the time. So. I'm glad I did it because it woke me back up to my, my passions, you know, and it's got me to where I am now. So, 
Um, so that was, I suppose, my my background. James? Yeah, I think I think mine's you know probably completely on the other side of the spectrum. I've never really been super sporty, um, but uh, yeah. So I um, came to Norwich, um, which is now where I live, obviously, um, to do my undergrad. Uh, I did politics and economics, and the thing with politics and economics is, it's kind of like, what are you going to come out and do? You know, all, all of my all of my closest friends at the time were either pharmacists or chemists and, and went on to do their doctorates um, or go into straight into work and, and come out and, and, and go into the chemistry field. And I'm kind of like, right, what, what am I going to do? Um, and I had no idea. So I, I, I came out and I went to work at a local newspaper. Um, and um, yeah, I'm sorry about to say this. Uh, I was working in the digital side mm. and I'd been there about nine months, didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life. Um, and, and we had a takeover and the guy came out, the new MD said, digital is dead for this business. We're a print company. And, you know, this, oh. this is 2012. Uh, and even then as a, as a, a fresh face straight out of beauty person, I saw it looking at it going, I'm not sure this is right. <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling that print might be the thing that's dying, but you know, I, I wasn't the expert. He was. Um, so I decided that, um, you know, maybe, maybe I probably need to go and try and find a career. Um, because I, essentially I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. Um, but I knew I wanted to stay in Norwich. Norwich has an amazing way of, of, um, not a lot of people coming here, um, because it's Norwich. Um, and <laughs> you come to Norwich because you're either going through Norwich to get to the coast or you have business in Norwich. Um, Alan Porter just put it back on the map, hasn't it? Oh, for all the right reasons as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I, I, well, I fell in love with, with my wife, who's my wife now here, but I fell in love with the sea as well. So um, I went to work for a, a US-based company, a Fortune 200 US-based company, um, and, and essentially was was lucky enough to, to rise through the, the ranks, if you will, there um, and be put on one of their early and career programs which saw me working on consultancy projects in, in the U S and in China um, and throughout Europe, which was just incredible, but, but still seeing all of these places as, as strange as it sounds, you know, my heart was, was still in Norfolk, you know, this, this is the place I love. Um, was lucky enough to do my MBA in, in Norfolk um, and a postgrad in, in consultancy. Um, and, and as you go through business, you know, you get these opportunities to, to go and work elsewhere or um, to go on to other things. But again, I just just couldn't wrench myself from Norfolk. Uh, and it got to the point where really, you know, the opportunity to rise through the ranks of a company like that um, and get to where you, you value your self-worth, I guess, but also where you feel you're making a, a positive difference to the amount that you've got to give diminishes and you get to a point where if, if you're if you're going up beyond and above you know a certain pay grade and a certain number of reports you know when I finished I had uh, 140 150 um, you know working either direct or indirects working you know under me um, and and that next step gets really difficult so I decided work-life balance is 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 super important um, but also being wedded to to where I love and, and where I live was was really important. So I went off and 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 set up off on my own, essentially working with working with businesses to 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 grow them um, and to give something that 
that I feel means that I'm making a positive impact on businesses every day um, and, and growing them every day and, and helping them see things in, in the way of the world that I'm used to um, and where they want to get to, I guess. Um, and, and my involvement with Gorilla Juice, you know, was, was Harry, Harry approached me and sort of said, you know, I've got this, this thing that, that I think could be great. Um, and, and we had a look at it and, and it was, <laughs> and, and ever since then, you know, Gorilla Juice is, is a lot like Norfolk and, and it's quite a good comparison because once you touch the brand, once you feel the brand, once you get involved with the product, you know, the whole thing that Gorilla Juice is about is, is essentially, you know, we are that challenger brand. We are here to say things have been a certain way with the, the protein market, with the vegan protein market, and, and we're here to essentially shake it up, you know. And there's so much going on there that, that I couldn't turn down being a part of it. So who, um, the branding, I mean, the branding is quite interesting. Who, who came up with the branding? So I did. So um, I, I came up with that. I was think, thinking long and hard about sort of a brand name for it. And obviously being plant-based, I thought it'd be quite good to align with, um, with well, another animal that's plant-based as well. And I came to the idea on, on a gorilla because I think it's, it's the biggest herbivore in the jungle. So I got stuck on that and I thought, well, let's work it in there somewhere. And then juice sounds great because it sounds flavoursome, unlike every other brand out there at the minute where it's opt- it's optimum, maximum nutrition, uh, maximum muscle. It's very scientific, in-your-face, Terminator-style sort of drink this and you'll kick ass. You know, we, we, it's, it's, it's about that, but we're, uh, we're not like that, if you know what I mean. So sure. that's how we settled on Gorilla Juice. Um, it blew up from there, but the branding actually, when I, when I got to that stage, um, so, so just a bit before James James got on board, James came on board just late at, at sort of, uh, I think it was late 2019, James, or mid-2019? mid, mid Yeah, sort of towards the end of 2019, really. <clears throat> so so but the way it all started, I found the brand, we, we, I'd come up with the idea, the concept, we got the product in production, um, but the, the from getting it to the next stage is where I really struggled. My, my expertise, as, as, as you know, as I've said, aren't, weren't really in, um, in the business side of things. My, I came up with the idea and, and the product. Um, and as, when it came to accounting and things like that, it's, it's just not my cup of tea. So that I, I reached out to James. I said, look, I don't really need some advice on this. I, I need, uh, I've got something as good as James said. Um, but I just need someone to sort of um, wingman it and, and sort of steer the ship a bit. And that's when James came on board and, sort of, and took it off from there um, and got us, got us to where we are now. Um, but the branding, sorry, coming back to a bit of a detour there. Uh, the branding we got done, I was, I was, the, the funniest story, I was looking online for a, for a logo and obviously I was searching for gorillas. So I searched on, on gorillas, Googling down, scrolling through the page. And I find this picture of this, of this gorilla. I thought, that'd be great. That'd be really good. So I, clicked on it i'm about to save image and it takes takes me through to a website and this website was called gorilla studios and this was their logo and i thought well what's this and they were a branding and marketing specialist and it was their logo so what are the chances of that so i thought well i'll I'll, I'll give an email here and just just see see what they're saying because at at the time gorilla juice i I didn't really realize how um how good a product it could be and how I don't think I was taking it as seriously as I could have at the time. So I was thinking maybe I could knock up a logo and it, it, would, it would be all right. Um, and then once I had a chat with Gorilla Studios, I came back to it. So I sit down, we'll have a chat. 
and they they explain all the things they do where they they go through you on a, on a brand development day where you go up you sit down they discuss the product the ideas they get an idea of my personality who it's targeting and bits like this and you sit down they thrash it all out um then they work on it over a month or two to really create this product for you um i thought i'd, I'd be i'd be silly not to, to 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 do that so i did i went and spoke to Google studios we did all that thrashed it out for a good um it was about nine hours of creating the brand and um, and everything that comes along with it and um, Joe Bowker there at Grilla Studios shout out for him he um, he did a great job with the branding I think that's the one thing that everybody everybody said who's seen the brand or touched here so the, the branding is absolutely spot on and I think to some extent I, I don't think Grilla Juice would be where it is now if it wasn't for the work that Joe and the guys at Grilla Studios did for us. Sure I mean I was surprised actually when I expected to see a picture of a gorilla on there yeah. Um, so, um, but I know there's this mention on the website to chimpanzees, and people are going to say, "Oh, that's not that's a, that's a totally different." You know, a gorilla is an ape, sure, and chimpanzee is a monkey. But that's the only reference to primates on the site I could find. Yeah, I think, I think I think the reference. What is it? Uh, pay peanuts, you'll get monkeys. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. So the idea behind it was because if you understand, it's it's. It's a product that people are consuming every day. There's got to be a level of trust there, you know, and people, they want to, um, it can't be gimmicky. That's the one big thing that me and Joe really, we thrashed out in that sort of, um, in the brand building days. If you've got picture gorillas and smiling monkeys and whatnot, it sort of takes away the, the sort of, the actual science that goes into the product. You know, there's a lot of development that goes into creating the formula. Um, and, and, and I think if you've got a big smiling monkey on the front, it, it sort of takes that, um, takes an element of trust away from people. It does make it a bit gimmicky. So that's why we didn't use it. But the, the word gorilla, I still think, keeps it quite friendly and it definitely stands out from what we've been told. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. It kind of, you know, that's the a kind of backdrop. It had that sort of, um, I mean, I don't know whether this is idea. I mean, people have different perceptions, but it kind of gave me the idea of like um, sort of, southern california that kind of feel yeah. about it you know the apples it was, apples on a touch maybe yeah there's a nice vibe to it you know um and, it, and it's no nonsense isn't it and and, and I, I like that kind of thing i mean i don't know whether you've seen um alex's website but there's, there's a blog on there which i wrote um and basically i put in there that the, it's about content writing and, and basically saying this they basically said this shit isn't easy you know, and people have sort of said to us, oh, my God, can you say that? It's yeah. Just, well, well, yeah, because it, it needs to grab people's attention. It needs to make them realise that with so many poorly written websites out there, you know, grammatically incorrect, typos everywhere, um, lack of punctuation, it just look, it makes them look so cheap and unprofessional that something needs to hit them to say, look, we appreciate that you know, you've got this company and you think you can write the website in yourself, but you can't. And so I, I kind of like that when, when I saw it. Um, but there's another line that I particularly like. And it says, um, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Now, yeah. <laughs> is that from an Outcast song? It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, you hit the <laughs> nail on the head there. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a couple of Outcast albums. And um, um, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, do our outcasts want royalties for that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe keep maybe keep quiet about yeah, it. We'll, we'll move on to the next conversation, please. But, but Sean, I think I think you 
you know, I think we can do that. We'll let, we'll let him that out. Um, because <laughs> 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 was it, um, it, it was, um, I know in that industry, in the music industry, they get sued for billions, don't they, for plagiarism or anything like that. I know they're quite hot on the tail, so if we leave this bit in, we'll probably get an agent ringing us and saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if we get rid of this, we get rid of this. There's another line which is Steer It Up as well, which was influenced by Bob Marley. It's like, Steer It Up. Yes, of course. I, I missed yeah. that one. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm into some Bob Marley as well. So I've got yeah. a couple of Bob Marley. I'm, I'm surprised I missed that one. Uh, yeah. Jamming. It, it's not got jam in it, isn't it? You're jamming. We're jamming yeah, in this one. <laughs> I think I think the truth, the thing though that you raised there, Sean, that, that's probably, um, you know, really important for any any business at any time in in their life cycle really is you know when, when an entrepreneur does start up you know they for two reasons really one there's the control element but two there's there's the financial elements right of of i've only got so much money and i don't know where my money's best spent um and that's a constant dilemma that that every business has at every stage um you know maybe not once you get to you know, multi-millions, but, but those, those internal dilemmas are still there on, on every capex that they go through of, you know, where's my biggest bang for my buck? Where, where am I going to get the most value out of, of what I'm trying to do? And, you know, the, these are serious questions because they can be make or break, especially for a startup business, right? Mm. And I think one of the things that, that you just mentioned there of, you know, making yourself connect with your customers, making sure that you've got something that's tangible and, and that they can hold on to and say, yeah, you know, one, I trust this company, especially as a startup, you know, trust markers are so super important that, you know, that people are actually going to believe that you are what you say you are. Um, and two, that, that that messaging actually really lands because so many startups I see have, have a, you know, a good product, if not a great product. And, and so many people in the startup industry know their market, you know, and, and if they were just doing the job and they'd already made the sale, they'd do an excellent job of it, right? But, but one of the biggest problems I see with startups is, is how do they create that message? How do they create that content that, that does land and connect and ultimately convert? Um, I think, you know, Harry's, Harry's made a really good point there of, you know, maybe seeking external help there to, to get that support. And like you say, you know, seeking that external support to, to make sure that your content, which, you know, everyone says content is king and, and they'll say that mainly in the context probably of, of search engine optimization and, and getting Google. But, you know, you don't need to have a million people dropping on your website if you've got a great conversion rate. And, and that comes from having believable content, right? Yeah, exactly. I think... And, yeah. Um, what, the way we write about the product on the packaging, you, you pulled up a few quotes there and things like that. It, it is no nonsense, as you said. And the reason we do that is because people are, are fed up of being fed shit, literally and, and figuratively here with, with products which are full of crap, you know. So I think we tried to imply that when, um, when, when doing all of our copywriting as well, you know, straight to the point, tell it how it is. Let's not fluff it up. Um, and we, we, whenever doing any content now, writing, whether it's Instagram posts or the blog content side of things, we always follow the, the Mark Twain quote, which is, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. <laughs> we try to live by that and everything we're doing. We, you, can, you can start with a great piece of content, which can take you two hours, and it'll take you another three hours to, to work it down to only 10 words. And I think um, 
I think it goes a long way in this day and age with like, with like short attention spans as well, especially on social media and things like that. People haven't got a lot of time. They want information as quick and fast as possible and just given to them on a plate. And I think um, condensing it like that is, is a really worthwhile thing doing for any business. And to be honest, that's something I've struggled with, you know, um, coming from coming from my background and, you know, we, we are always like learning from each other. And I think that in business as well, that's another thing you've got to do is, you know, you've got, you've got to learn from each other. Mm. And, um, you know, <laughs> there, there was a conversation that happened probably, you know, three, three or four weeks into, into Harry and I working together. It was like, have you heard of this quote? And I'm like, no, not really. It's like, okay, well this, this is, and, and this is how we work and this is what we want to get to. And, and that's a learning experience. And, and the reason that we do it and the reason that, that it works is exactly what Harry says, you know, and, and there is room in the market for that. And, and you have to live by that in certain, certain situations, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you talk about the condensing the content there. I mean, we sort of get, I know I write about it a lot. Um, I'll see a website or, or a piece of, of, of information and, especially with the way social media is now, if they want to put it online and I say to them, say, that paragraph's far too long. You know, I've switched on after the first two lines. I don't want to read any more of it. Yeah. You know, I'm bored with it. Um, and you spoke about trust there as well, Jane. So what do you think is the best way, in your opinion, of building that trust? You know, where do you think, you know, you're talking about where do you put most of your energy into, where do you put <clears> most of your finances into is it building that trust through through content? You think? Well, I think one of the one of the biggest things from from a Gorilla Juice perspective with trust is is the fact that all of the product has been independently tested. Yeah. Um, and Harry Harry can probably talk a lot more about about the anti doping and the and that that element of it. So I think I think on that side, and I'll pass over to Harry in a second to yeah. talk about that. You know, from you know, this is a food product, right? Um, and and we can say that we have the top quality products and we can say that we have all of the best flavors. Ultimately, you know, the proof is one in the pudding of tasting it, right? Um, but secondly, we, we saw external accreditation on that. Um, in terms of general business, you know, it is just, you know, does that message flow completely through your being? You know, it's about authenticity. Um, you know, we can't, we can't, sit there as a business and say you know all the other products tasted like shit and we're full of it if we go out and buy the cheapest pea protein exactly. yeah yeah i think it's, it's been a big um, big quote for us as well is we, we, we've always wanted to be able to scream our ingredients from the rooftops you know stand up and be yeah. accounted for and really 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 wear it on our chest when, when we're saying that we're doing right by you um the accreditation side is one thing but i mean when i first entered um entered it and we were looking at um different accreditations things like that um, I, we, we have our products tested and I, I went and spoke to firstly there's a guy called ABC Food Law who based in Norwich and they basically they were they'll read through and um, sort of solicit every word on the back of the packaging to make sure that it's truthful and that um, you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes essentially any, any lies or even um, making claims that aren't true which you could essentially is for us that we can't get in trouble in the future but also because we we want to be as, as honest as possible. It's a, it's a good product. You know, we want to stick to that. And the first thing um, the chap said to me was, well, you, you, you're actually not allowed to call it organic. And I said, well, we've got, I think we've got maybe out of, out of the hundred percent of the products we've got in there, only, only 90%, but 90% were organic, but 10% weren't. I think it was one of the products wasn't, wasn't organic. Um, he said, well, unless it's hundred percent organic, you can't call it that. Now, 
you look to the rest of the industry and there are hundreds of, of products out there that are calling themselves organic, even though there are ingredients in there, which I know cannot be um, farmed organically. So that, it's, that they shouldn't be saying those sort of things, but also people are using now uh, their own titles. So they're using their own organic logo, um, which is one way of getting around um, sort of advertising and trading standards is um, by using their own logo. So you'll find it maybe for organic, see the big O say, claiming they are organic. You'll see a V, their own V, which claims they're a vegan product. Now, you shouldn't really be calling yourself vegan product unless you've been um, accredited by um, by a, a company like you've got the Vegan Society. Um, there's another one now. I, I can't remember them, but these sort of things that people are doing now is something we didn't we didn't agree with. We didn't want to do. We want to do it officially by the book so that um, people can trust us. As we say, we're building that trust, but also it can't be can't bite anybody in the ass. Then you know we're trying to change the industry for the better. We don't want to just join a part of the part of the race, which is sort of um, which we don't think is up to the standards that people deserve. Um, so that's that's on that sort of the vegan accreditation things like that. But we also go out again to build trust. Um, we we spoke to a company called Inform Sports, who I don't know the the full relationship between them and Wada, but it, it, they I, I believe they were something to do with the World Anti Doping Agency. Uh, but the, all they do is essentially they uh, test products um, which are given to them. We pay for a, a testing um, a, a testing period where they test our product um, to ensure that it's not full of any nasties which could. Um, could, which could show up on athletes and professional athletes um, sort of uh, testing for, for banned substances. So it, it costs an arm and a leg to do it, but in order to gain that trust again of the customer, we, we, we thought, well, that's, that's an expense that we're happy to give, you know? Um, mm. So, there, so there, there are areas we try to do to build that trust. And, and there aren't a lot of people doing it because um, it does cost a lot and you won't see it a lot from brands like us. We're, we're a small startup. You won't see it a lot because it puts them on a back step already. You know, we're behind it, behind the competition. But um, I think for us, it's, it's a marathon, you know, it's not a sprint. We're not in this game for sure. We're, for, we're here to really try and change the industry um, and do it right. I mean, what was the biggest learning curve then for you guys? I think there was a, a, quite a bit of deviance in, in the industry. For me, that was, that was a big shock. Um, as I said, people may be using titles that they shouldn't be using in their packaging. Um, get away with it for a couple of years, they'll get pinged up, and then um, and then you'll hear that well, they've had to change their packaging because someone's complained, you know. But for those two years, it's deceived the the, the customers, and um, that's not something we agree with at all. And that's another reason why we had to sort of change that. That, that was a big, big curve for me um, when I first came. And I don't know about you, James. Yeah, um, I, th- I think the whole experience, you know. Um to be fair of working with Gorilla Juice has, has been a massive learning curve because it, you know, the fast moving consumer good market is like a highly fragmented market. You know, it's, it's not like you're when you're, when you're in the B to C market, you know, you're selling individual sales every time. Um, and you know, we, we have to be present of the fact that our two biggest channels are, are Amazon and the web. And, and that is at the moment for us, you know, yeah. our, our market. So I think, um, you know, fighting for every sale, getting every sale right has been a, a big learning curve. But but when we do it right, you know, you get such a buzz from it. And and you know, we've been on we've been on six months now of solid growth, um, which is amazing. Um, and and the next six months from that as well is going to be huge. And I think it is you know the the learnings that you get from 
you know, each month growing and each month making those decisions of, okay, what's that next step for this business to go forward? What's that next step? And, you know, I don't know how, if you agree, but in the nine months, I'd say that we've probably been working together um, or around that, you know, the business is unrecognizable. So, so you have to be really fleet of foot of, of when a business is growing that quickly and changing that quickly of, of, you know, what was the truth maybe last month, you know, when you're looking at, at this cost center and saying, okay, you know, what are we doing here? How are we, how are we getting the maximum efficiency out of that? And then, and then the next month, actually, you know, that, that, that kind of looks like small change and you kind of like, Oh, you know, but we made the right decision at that point. So mm. I think the thing is, you know, if, if you're on that journey as a startup and if you're on that journey as, you know, a growth company, the, the fact is that, you don't stop learning. You're always pushed outside of that comfort zone. Um, and, and you've got to learn to live to, to be in that. Um, and, and you know what, for a lot of people, that's really not a comfortable place to be, but um, it, it's where the growth happens and it's where the learning happens. Right. Yeah, so how long from actually, from actually seeing a, a gap in the market, um, how long did it actually take to produce the product i mean where, where do you actually start i mean do you start mixing this stuff into your kitchen or do you go somewhere and yeah. sort of we we sort of found the formula that we wanted to go for or found the, the niche in the market which was a protein powder it seems to be it's quite a saturated market but what, what we did was then combine superfoods which was sort of quite new to the game people no one had really brought that to market yet we thought, well, if, if someone's having a shake um, at, at 12 o'clock in the day and they want their protein, why not get the superfoods in that as well and, and save them the hassle of trying to make up another drink? You know, let's combine the two. So once we found that, um, there was about three, four months of sort of formula testing, getting it right in terms of um, the, the value, the typical value, nutritional value as well, getting it to where we wanted because we needed to hit a certain amount of protein in order to appeal to the market. But um it's still had to have right calorie count of things like that um and and so that was about three four months and then on the back of that some um, a lot of tasting sessions as well uh so when you're tasting protein for maybe five six hours a day you um yeah you certainly get used to it <laughs> um uh, and, and so um i, I would say it's actually finding the product um uh, creating the formula tasting it and getting it to market i think about seven seven eight months um, so we had the product at sort of the beginning of 2019, it was ready to go. But, um, at that point we didn't really have, or I didn't have, cause it was just me at the time. I didn't have, um, my sort of sale ad sales avenues ready to go. Um, Amazon was just set up. I wasn't using prime at the time. Uh, we had a website. It wasn't very good. I didn't sell directly to consumer or, or, or gyms. Cause, um, again, it was, it was just something that an area that I, I, I didn't really know that well. Um, so, um, I think yeah, where it all changed is when we went from Amazon as just a seller. So there are two different types of Amazon seller you've got is someone that just sells for themselves and then someone that can sell through prime, uh, where you actually stock Amazon, um, with the product and, and the growth that we had from, from joining Amazon prime was, was, it was obscene. It was huge. I couldn't believe it. We went from maybe having one sale a month to 10 a week easily in, 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 in a turnaround of a week of joining. Okay, so how, how long has it been available to buy that? 
Um, so it's been available to buy. Well, you could say, yeah, to the beginning of 2019, but we, we had a, a sort of a relaunch, an official launch. Um, I think it was about September 2019. Um, I was, obviously, obviously I'd, I'd spent the year producing the product and sort of product development phase. Um, and in between now, I was also working, I was building tree houses, funnily enough. Um, okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah, asking about a tree house. Um, unfortunately, the palm tree I don't think can sustain a tree house. <laughs> I think you'd struggle. Yeah, you need a sturdy base. Chestnut's a good place to start. Yeah, I think as kids, I think we used a sturdy oak tree. I think yeah. we're always big oak trees. Um, yeah, she keeps. Um, she, I think she wants a, a sort of house in the tree. Yeah, and that's you know we we were quite content to just have like a platform, like a pallet hanging like forty foot up an oak tree. Yeah, uh, but she the entire tree uh, house and the kitchen and everything up there. With it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know some people that probably get to it for you if you're, if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I can, I can imagine, and my daughter would encourage them ever more to be able to uh, create another house in, in a in the palm tree. I think, but now I think we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll give that one a miss, I think. <laughs> um, so you've got three flavours. I mentioned you've got three flavours. Are you intending on doing any more flavours or yeah. doing any yeah. different products? Yeah, we're getting to a place now, I think, where we, we are looking to open up the flavour range. We've had a lot of people online um, telling we were sort of asking them what they're after. And um, when, 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 we, when we started the, the product range, the flavours, we we knew that um, the big hitters would be your strawberries, your bananas, your vanillas and things like that. They, they, they're, they're guaranteed winners. You know, people are used to those yeah. flavors, but we, we created matcha because we wanted to go out there on, on a bit of a, on a limb really and tr trial it on the market because we thought it tasted great, but there was nobody else doing it. Um, and it picked up really good response. So we are going to look at other flavors, whether we go down the same route of giving maybe a peanut butter flavor or, or something like that along those lines, or we go a bit more um, off track again and, um, maybe bring something new to the market. We're, we're unsure yet, but uh, it's definitely a fun part of the process. Is uh, is tasting? I'm still looking for someone that can do like a vanilla milkshake that tastes exactly the same as the McDonald's vanilla milkshake, but has the same consistency, but it's not going to kill yeah, me. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We might be. I know you're a fan of your wine. Maybe we could try a Pinot Grigio flavor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, maybe a Merlot. A Merlot. A nice sort of bold, sort of full-bodied Rioja, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I remember going into this wine shop, this quite prestigious wine shop in Nottingham, and um, I'd, I'd had a sort of few weeks where I'd, I'd probably had too much wine. I think it was probably during a long summer. And I went in there and I said, have you got a nice, real full-bodied, nice-tasting, non-alcoholic wine? And he looked at me, this guy, and he's there with his monocle, and he's like a typical sort of wine seller. Um, yeah, stereotypical. He didn't drop his monocle, did he? It, 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 yeah, it fell off like we were in shock. Yes. My <laughs> God, man. That's a good non-alcoholic wine. This guy was disgusted. He was virtually shooing me out of his shop as though we were like, you know, I'd, I'd sort of abused his dog, you know, and it's like, what? And it, and this is sort of pushing me out the door sort of thing, you know, with, like, with, his, with his frown. His countenance actually scared me to sort of leave the shop. I'm turning around and saying to him, but I'll become an alcoholic if I don't have another 
<laughs> trying to justify my reason for the sort of a not alcoholic wine, but but yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, that, biggest, uh, one of my biggest fallbacks was uh, someone once said to me, uh, you know, you, you, if you drink good red wine, you don't get a hangover. So I tried the theory, and you know, say good red wine. I can't remember what it was, what it was for the bottle, but it wasn't super expensive. But um, I think I ended up having maybe a bottle, a bottle and a half, and woke up the next day. I was like, I don't have a hangover. Oh wow! This this is this is the new way forward. You know, I can drink red wine and not get a hangover. And then uh, I tried the theory out about two weeks later. Maybe went a little bit more than than the previous time, uh, not much. Yeah. Um, but I can confirm that any alcohol will give you a hangover. There's no <laughs> yeah. such thing. Right, yeah. I think that was that was the last time I drank red. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone back to it too much. I have been told, funnily enough, that green juice is quite good on a hangover. I haven't put it to the test yet. Okay, good hangover cure. Apparently, it's full of antioxidants. So, um, yeah, maybe there's yeah. something in that. Yeah, it, it must do. It must work. I'll, I'll, I'll have to give that a go, won't I? Yeah. I'm into that 19, that 19 crimes at the moment. I don't know whether you see it, but it's it's very well marketed. Um, it's, it's good take for the, for the price. Um, it's it's damn good. It's it, you know it's it's very full-bodied wine. Um, it's Australian, I believe. Um, and all the it has characters, real-life characters on the front, um, which were actually uh, criminals sent from this country to sort of live in Australia. And there's a backstory about each character, so it makes it quite personal. And the cork has um, a cry. Each each bottle you get cork, and there's I think there's twenty versions. And each cork has um, a crime that you could be uh, sent to Australia for. Um, that's some nice, Brian. I'm just having a look at it now. That's that's really nice. And I think um, it's right in that sweet spot, isn't it, of what you should pay for a bottle of wine as well. Don't they say anything over ten pounds is just, yeah. just a waste. Yeah, ten pounds is the yeah. mark, is it? Yeah, that's a, again. You're not talking to an expert on wine, let me assure you, but. Um, that's that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's that's a nice brand and a nice brand story that's all going on there. It is. I don't want to talk too much about wine, but I'm, I'm <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's uh, they have the 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 stories as well. I don't, they, you probably see the videos on there as well, where the act where the character they've got the characters on the bottles to actually talk. I don't know whether you've seen that. No. You can click onto the character, and obviously, the, and you get them to talk. I mean, obviously, these have been dead sort of two hundred years or whatever hundred years. <laughs> um, but yeah, they get them to sort of come alive, uh, which is really good. And yeah, it's normally about I think normally it's about nine quid, but you can pick it up for about seven quid a bottle now if you look it. And um, and it's got it really is sort of a a great go-to wine for me now that is um but i just love i love the branding but i like I even read the stories and always look forward to seeing what the crime <laughs> is on the core because yeah. there's some bizarre ones i think you can you can be sort of um sent to australia for, for, for whistling at the wrong person or something oh. like that but yeah, you've you got, you got to watch you whistle out back then yeah, yeah. you know it, it's it's crazy some of the things but um Anyway, back to the actual product itself. So, um, so it's been on the market through through Amazon, you say, and initially, and obviously on your website. Now, this I've seen that it starts at twenty eight ninety nine. So, how much of the product do you actually get for that? You get the whole bag. 
how long would that last me, 28.99? So, so we serve inside the bag is a 25 gram serving. Yeah. To every serving, you get around 18 grams, 19 grams of protein, um, yeah. as well as the rest of superfoods. Um, but so every, you get uh, it's 30, 30 servings to every 750 grams. So to every bag, you get 30 servings. So it's, it's a good month supply. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's not bad value. I thought you were going to tell me, like, you get, you know, that's just one drink, man. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you, I mean, protein bars are quite the, are the biggest thing now, and everyone's buying protein. But protein's crucial, but I mean, people are getting it different ways. Protein bars and, and drinks in the shop. I mean, if you, if you were to walk in Tesco and pick up a, a protein bar in there, I mean, you're probably looking about £1.80, £2, some of them going yeah. up £3, you know. Same with protein yeah. drinks, which are already made in there. I mean, they're, they're about £3. But if, mm. if you were to start at £28.99 by, by 30 days, it works out to about 96 pence per, uh, per shake. Yeah, I was just going to say, a, a pound a, pound a, a drink... Um, is ideal, really, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. value, really. I'm surprised at that. I thought you were, yeah, I thought he was, he's going to save a couple of, couple of drinks out of this. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no, plenty of it. <laughs> we get, I mean, a lot of, what we're finding now is that a lot of people are using it. So nurses, we're getting a lot from the NHS, have been using it. I mean, they're on their feet all day, very, very busy shifts. So they only get really 10, 15 minutes, sit down and, uh, and get something into them. So, I mean, a lot of them are using um, Gorilla Juice now. There'll be a couple of scoops of Gorilla Juice to get them through that. Um, mm. keeps them on their toes keeps them alert and, and it's only two pounds or just under two pounds for, for a meal as well which is good we, we aren't a meal replacement which um, which is what some brands are doing we, we, we personally think you should have a balanced diet and then you can complement it with a grilled juice you know make up for maybe what you're not making in, in, in a busy lifestyle uh, so how many calories are in a serving that? so calories about 97 calories so it's less than a Kit Kat uh, double if you can imagine yeah. that wow okay um, so and, yeah, um, good for weight loss if you are calorie counting or sort of following a calorie deficit diet, which I know is quite a big craze at the minute. Mm, yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of things I do hear about. It's omega three, isn't it? This is like the only grail of sort of um, of food for your brain. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether you could get omega three into it. <laughs> I don't know. It 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 largely comes from um, fish, fish, fish oil. Yeah, fish yeah. Oils, yeah. Have you heard of this? Product, uh, this Mexican plant is it chia? Is it chia? Chia, oh, see, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard of them, yeah. I've, yeah. I've not ever seen it for sale. I think what's it pronounced? That's chia, is it? Chia, chia, C H I A. Yeah, you can often get them sort of topped in your Starbucks smoothies and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah, I, I don't know if Starbucks is done because I know they're only produced on a small scale in Mexico. Well, I think the Americans have kind of exploited the market. I think they're probably sorting it now, but um, it, they're only produced in a small amount. So I imagine they're quite expensive. Well, because I've al already always looked at this. Well, you know, um, when we're going to get a omega three from it, when we're going to any fish in any particular fish that has omega three, and then obviously I came across the sea and um, looked on and mega expensive. Um, to buy, but I didn't. I didn't realise Starbucks was, um, which is is quite interesting. But yeah. but now it's um, it's certainly that's a, a sort of food that I kind kind of came across at some point and think you know how, what can I put that into? Because people put it in cereals, don't they? Yogurt and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you find lots of it in that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. I think that um, brain food and things like that, I mean, you've got uh, the fruit side of things where you can still find, I know strawberries are a great antioxidant, which are great for health. 
sort of um, increasing plasticity, which which helps but help brain cells basically and form new connections and boost learning and memory and things like that. But blueberries, black currants, mulberries, strawberries, those sorts of things are really good. Cool. The blackbirds are eating my strawberries at the moment. There you go. Yeah. I've not been able to get any netting because of lockdown. <laughs> but now the shops are beginning to open. I'll probably have to get some. Um, but there's an environmental uh, friendly issue with regards to the bags as well. Because can't you send these bags back to you or something? In yeah, your... so you can send them back to us. No one's really using this formula at the moment. But we, we tried it because, I mean, some people, are, it's, it's a monthly product, you know. So people are buying from us every month. They've got 12 bags over the space of a year. And I mean, once you've used it, I mean, they, they, we have got a, quite a fun seal on the top of the bag, which is the airtime. It's sort of a Velcro airtight. Um, bag so you could fill up with your pastas and anything like that to for use at home but um, if you don't have any use for them we we offer us a scheme where you can get in touch with us we'll send you out a, a free post um, uh, envelope and you can send it back to us we then collect them we've got a bunch of them here sat in my house which um, partners are very happy about but um, and then what we do is we, we take them off to recycling centre and we're trying to get them um, recycled down in sort of school benches and um, useful facilities really for, for, for schools and local and local communities. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely environmentally friendly. This isn't it? Um, we try which, our best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk a lot about the environment. I don't know, I'm not seeing the stats yet on the uh, pollution stats. I don't know whether any of you guys seen the pollution stats. I mean, it must have dropped um dramatically since lockdown because of course there's been no bloody planes in the skies have they i know the- you should mention that actually because because the uea which is is norwich's main major university um they're kind of at the, the forefront of of environment environmental thinking actually they're they're a massive research university on the front of that um and there was a uh, a seminar that they were running um globally last night i think it was actually um, which which talked about the impact of COVID nineteen on the environment and and obviously the, the greenhouse gases and, and emissions etc. And I looked at it and I thought, I wonder what it was. And, and I was going to try and find some time to to I think you can obviously watch it back, but mm. it'd be interesting to see what what the research says about it because yeah. you know um, Harry, we did a, a a blog on it, didn't we? With um, you know a lot of the a lot of the things that are happening in the environment at the moment that as a direct result of yeah. you know people not being in a habitat or a place that they would normally be due to, to COVID. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. yeah. I mean, I, I, there's going to be loads of, of data come out eventually, hopefully. Um, and if you heard this thing called global dimming, um, apparently we had such a good week, couple of weeks of weather because of global dimming. I mean, I know that's the assumption. Um, I'd like to think that was the case because they've been trying to get planes to stop running. They asked them to stop running for a week, didn't they? And the airline industry just just threw the dummies out and said, that ain't happening, that can't happen. We can't afford for that to happen. Mm. No way are we stopping planes from, from flying for a, for a week. And now they've had to do it for three months. Yeah. Um, so this global dimming effect now, which we're getting, which is not basically throwing a load of crap into the air. Um, and it, it's just been amazing. It's been, look, we've got some lovely photos because, you know, the, the skies have been clear and there's some beautiful countryside around here, as, as I'm sure there is in Norfolk. And you know, just notice, you know, there's not the sort of signs that a plane has been dropping its fuel somewhere in the background. Yeah. Um, the trees seem greener. I don't know whether that's just uh, 
a misconception, a, a perception that I've, I've had because the, there seems to be less, less cars on the road. So the, cre the trees look greener, the skies look bluer. I've even compared the photos and, and, they, and it does, it looks better than what it did this time last year because now you have an abundance of photos. It's amazing, if, if, it's amazing how the body sort of reacts to that kind of thing because um, I, I don't want to say I'm under a flight path because that's not true but every now and again you know you can hear planes going over and you're so much more your perception of it is so much heightened now because you're not used to it it's amazing mm -hmm. so the body will like completely block it out because you're so used to it and now if you hear a plane you're like what what is that you know it's because it's completely different and you, you're absolutely right you know the directly on the environment you know um, i can't comment because i don't study it but but certainly in my own perception of things you know of the world just being a quieter place generally and 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 hearing nature so much more um you know what would normally be classed as normal almost seems out of place now doesn't it yeah you'd like to yeah. think it, it's done some serious good for this planet wouldn't you yeah i, I mean is, is your business been affected one way or the other by by covid I think yeah, I mean we've had we've had a, a lot more customers coming on board because um, people have got more time on their hands. They're more more health conscious. They're wanting to get fit. They're out there doing the training, you know, and, and trying to take it to the next level. Um, so yeah, we, we we've had we've had a good amount, and I think a, a lot of that is to do with obviously we had James come on board and just at the right time as well. And, uh, we've, we've got a lot more time. I've, I've now got a lot more time with Gorilla Juice rather than building tree houses because I can't work to really commit to growing, giving us some more uh, more commitment and, and, and sorry content and and things like that. So we, we've had we've had um, a good few customers come on board and some really good response from from people saying that they like what we're doing. So um, that's the, what we've seen so far, anyway. Yeah, sure. I also and think people are getting bored of scared, staring at their their screens all day. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you, I mean, you're talking about the different. I live on a main road, and um, I, I seem to have seen more people running now. Mm. And um, the the main road, it's busy with cars, and and we've got neighbours on the other side of the road, and we realised that we could talk to one another for the first time ever just on the front of our houses we could talk to one because there were no cars and you, you yeah. there's no way you can do that to talk to our, our neighbors across the road i have to literally walk across the road and then i'm still sort of defending my ear from the noise of the traffic but we, we stood there you know at a road's width just talking to one another and it mm. and, the, and the conversation would started about my god we can talk to one another and just continued on that subject for yeah. about half an hour, you know, because it was that, like you say, our senses have become heightened to the fact that we could have a conversation without yeah. cons being in the way. I think on the back of that, I think the, the, the pandemic has brought, brought people a lot closer together as well, generally, I think. Um, you know, we, we spoke about this before, James, but I mean, everyone's got time to slow down now and sort of appreciate what you have and, maybe stop being so absent-minded with it with the screen staring at the phone and you know re realizing who and what matters around you um and, and that's often if there is any silver line that can come from such dark sort of phased in time like this um that, that's certainly one of them i think sure now i, I know you've got you've got kids uh you haven't got kids have you harry no i haven't james does yeah yeah, yeah james, what's his name <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a boy called Harry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> right, he's not named after this Harry then, no. No, <laughs> no, nor nor Harry Kane. It's actually quite interesting because uh, just a random story. So my, my name is obviously James, uh, and and when he was born, we didn't have a, a middle name for him. And I sort of looked at him and went, why don't you, you know, name him after yourself? So we're like, okay, yeah, Harry James. And it was only about a week later when someone said, oh, like Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, no, what have we done? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that from traveling abroad all my life as a kid. It was uh, Harry, Harry Potter. And that's, <laughs> where, where were they? <laughs> Harry, I couldn't say what accent that was. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, Harry Potter is the go-to in every country as soon as they hear the word Harry, which is uh, which yeah. is good. Yeah, that, that's it. And we do this. This is a problem with names. And um, my wife's name's Diana. So everyone says, especially abroad, whenever we go abroad, especially to Africa, people say, ah, oh, Princess Diana. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and so that's the name. And so with this in mind, um, we called our daughter Avine. Avine. And it's spelled sort of A O I B H E A W N. And there's only about a thousand people with this name in the country. And they're predominantly in Ireland because it's an Irish name. Oh, wow. And yeah. that was the reason why, because nobody had ever heard of this name before. I hadn't. Yeah. And, um, and it's because what made me think was um, there's a song by Elton John called Daniel. And yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up and if there was ever a Daniel, uh, ever met a Daniel, it's ah, Daniel as in Elton John's dead brother. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, you know, and, and you found that this happened. And, and teachers as well. Say, for instance, we had a, a new boy start. I remember we had about three Davids in the class and another David started. And I remember the teacher's face and she rolled her eyes and said, oh, my God, not another David. We've already got three of them and they're big, bad enough trouble as it is. And I, and I thought straight away, I thought, if I ever have a child, I cannot give them a name that anyone can associate with anyone or anything else. Yeah. So, so, yeah. The worst I thing I is that, that Harry was born straight off the back of the World Cup as well. So, obviously, Kane had done pretty well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, Prince Harry was, was kind of in the news as a, as a media darling at the time. Um, obviously, things have, have changed slightly on that front, depending on on which way uh, of the coin that, that you fall but the media I don't think has taken too kindly to it um, so he was very popular so I'm sort of dreading the school starting because it's going to be you know like Harry here Harry here Harry here you know that's going to be but um, that was an how average old how old is Harry? Uh, he's 18 months now so yeah oh right okay alright okay so you've, you've not got the school thing to worry about just yet then not just yet but um yeah, you know, he, he he went to his classes with Harry, Harry and Harry for nursery, so that was good. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I think, uh, is it Amelia, I think, as far as the girls? I was on a park once. I was on a park and Avine was the only girl on the park that's name wasn't Sophia. Wow. Well. Um, and the, so there were six girls and, um, sorry, five girls and four of them was named Sophia. And the parents were amazed. They loved the idea of, of their girls being having the same name ah. and I sort of took a totally different view of it I thought oh no um, <laughs> because the, because in Avian school where you've got more than one child with the same name they have to refer to them as something else don't they so it's like either like uh, blonde Amelia 
or <laughs> you know, Amelia with glasses, or Amelia with the brown shoes, or Amelia with the dirty hair. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Amelia, the taking away from from you know that's a, a bigger aspect um, of their personality than what you know th they're allowed to be. Um, and so yeah, because we looked at the name Harrison for a boy, strangely enough, which isn't a, a million miles away from Harry. No. Um, but I always thought Harrison Ford, and I thought people are just call, going to call him Han Solo. You know, <laughs> sure. I think you the know. worrying thing from my point of view is if Harry was a girl, he'd have been called Sophia. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that says about us. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, you'd have been you'd have fit well in with that part then. They'd have loved you. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, you go away with your unpronounceable Irish name, and we'll talk. <laughs> His daughter's got a proper name, you know. She, she's got a name that we can all relate to, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, stupid. My daughter, I, I, obviously, it's got nine letters in it. This name has, so it's like, you know, my daughter's sort of. She's going to really struggle with spelling that, but it's got every vowel in it almost, apart from one. It can, it contains every vowel mm, apart yeah. from you. So when they sort of came to this point where, you know, who can give me a vowel, you know, Amy's putting a hand up for everyone but you. Because you know, <laughs> <laughs> in my defence, it was a great word to introduce her to vowels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you've not, you've not obviously not had to bother about the homeschool. So you've been working, I guess, and haven't you? You're not down both of you. Yeah, Gorilla Juice has been has, has really been you know front and center. I think um, just just because as well as Harry said, you know, so many people getting on board of it, and you know, it's it's always the iceberg thing of a business, isn't it? You know, everyone everyone sees the top ten percent and sees, you know, hey, there's you know these guys are doing well. You know, they're selling product on Amazon. You know, everything seems to be going well. The website is nice, etc., etc., etc. And that's that's the ten percent you see that. You know, that's the 10% that we're super proud to be showing people yeah. as well, you know, um, because we love the brand. But but trust me, there's, there's you know, there's soul searching that goes on. There's there's hard questions that we have to ask each other. And, you know, that doesn't go away just because because lockdown happens. You know, we've had to adapt what we do. You know, me and Harry obviously spend a lot of time, you know, face-to-face pre-lockdown and you know we're moving stuff on skype yeah, and, that is extremely hard that part <laughs> yeah and, you know, it's not just me and harry you know there's there's a, a small team of us that that are involved with with gorilla juice um but yeah it's that it's that 90 percent that has to still keep ticking over so that yeah. you know we can get that product out there and then that's how to carry on um mm. and you know i think everyone as well i'm probably digressing here a little bit but i think when when lockdown happened, you know, I think everyone had their own personal struggles of, of you know, not seeing family, not seeing the people, um, you know, loved one, not having the, the normality of, you know, you know, me and Harry meeting up and, and seeing the team and stuff and everyone, you know, being, being together. And, you know, one of the great things about, about the business is you can throw yourself into that. Um, and that was, that was great, but also is, is balancing that business as well through that time of saying, you know, we've got all of this other stuff going on, but, but the business itself is a, is a living entity. Right. And, yeah. and you have to be there to, to support it and, and to nurture it. And, and I think everyone had to go through that learning curve, didn't they? Of when lockdown happened of, you know, how do I still, you know, be here for my family, be here for myself, be here for the business and be here for the other people in the business that, that rely on you as well. And, 
and yeah, that that was a huge learning curve that I think everyone had to go through. And and you know, we're lucky, as, as Harry said, you know, we've we've gone through you know some amazing months of growth over the last six months, and um, that's kind of fed the fire, but also fed all the things that need to be done. So it, it's it's been it's been a, a journey. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So there wasn't a product then that you couldn't get because of lockdown. You know, it's like a part an ingredient that you couldn't sort of. Um, would have maintained nothing like that no 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 i mean I, I suppose the only sort of damage would have been delivery and things like that but thankfully because we work closely with amazon you know they were probably one of the, the, the i think that they actually did very very well throughout the the initial lockdown period and getting deliveries out and um having staff staff there so we, we that was our, our biggest concern but no thankfully we we we, um, we dodged a bullet there Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not, I don't suppose you've really had to adapt, have you, during COVID? I imagine everything was set up exactly the same as it normally would. Yeah, I'd say content-wise, I mean, we had things booked in. So, I mean, a lot of shoots and um, and sort of Q&As with some of, the, some of the professional athletes that we've got on board. And, I mean, obviously, when they're, they're abroad and um, we've got some here in England, the struggle is trying to get the time to sit down and, uh, speak to them but instead well, obviously we had to adapt and start doing it over zoom and, and things like that um yeah i think i think on sort of the the market segmentation stuff you know um we have a b2b part of the business you know and and some of that's going into gyms etc and you know that that obviously slowed down um, and, and eventually stopped certainly on the gym side you know we've we've been um courting with some some major retailers if you will um and Mm -hmm. and that's the way that we have to interact with them has changed um so you know i think i think the the term pivot is is certainly um well used and rightly used in business at the moment in the face of of covid because you know some businesses have completely had to change their model you know there's a local garden center to us that have have set up an e-com and a delivery uh, solution in in two weeks and you know but ultimately you know if if the core and the foundation of your business is is there and it's strong and it's it's right um it it's not a it's it's a slight adjustment i think more than a pivot uh, bigger or smaller depending on the situation so we've had to adapt for sure um and, and again just the way we do business is adapted but I think as long as your foundations are strong, you know, and, and you know who you are, what you're doing and how you're going to go about it, there's always another part of the business to fall back on or, or adapt to, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk about, you know, there'll be new business to sort of um, emerge after COVID, and, you know, because things have obviously changed. There'll be businesses that will, will collapse and there'll be businesses, new business that has emerged. I mean, what would your advice be to sort of any new business starting now, you know, would you sort of say, well, if, you, if you're starting up a new business, don't do this, or you've definitely got to do this. You know, if there's a, if there's a path with a crossroads and there's choices there that every business faces, which route would you say that businesses could uh, take or should take rather? I think for me, the most important thing was address your weaknesses at the beginning. Um, find out what you're, what you're strong at, find out what you're weak at and, um, if you can train those weaknesses and get them better. So for my side was more accountancy side. If I can train those skills and hone in on that bit better, um, do it. I do, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not very good at it. So 
if if that is the case and that's a weakness, go and go and speak to somebody who who's who's who has that as a strength. You know, who can who can, who can uh, turn that round for you. That's probably the biggest one for me. I'd say. Yeah, I think from my side, it's um, if you're going into business, and and again, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, a lot of startups that, that I've seen and I've worked with and I'll, I'll say is, you know, they have great product knowledge. Um, they really know what they're doing. And if they just had the sale, they'd, they'd be flying because they're really good at what they're doing. But, but if you're going to start up, just make sure you know your market, you know who your customer is, you know how what you're offering is talking to them um, mm-hmm. and you've aligned, <laughs> aligned to that. And I think the second thing is, you know, um, Again, we look at these ultra successful businesses and we see that that 10% of, you know, this is, this is the, the business is now turning over, you know, 400,000 and, and, you know, everything's rosy and they're, they're the, the up and coming or the, the next big thing or whatever. But, but the truth is, you know, that it's a lot of hard graft and there's a lot of times when, when you sort of question, you know, is this the right thing or is, is this going the right way? Um, mm. And the truth is we have to probably take a step back and set realistic goals for ourselves from the start. Um, mm. And that's, that's the same, whether it's a pre COVID or a post COVID world, you know, um, mm. know your customers, know how you're going to get to them, know how you're going to sell to them and and know that, you know, like Harry says, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think- sure. Certainly sort of, uh, it's sprung from the block, certainly, but anyway, it's certainly yeah. uh, running. Um, I mean, and you talked about that doubt that, I mean, um, you, you do appear to come from uh, sort of totally different backgrounds, which I think for most people that is where the doubt lies. And I mean, I mean, I mean, I know you talked about an economics background there, James. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was at school, I uh, my A level choices were art, English literature, and economics. Hey. And I remember, and I remember. The negativity and the doubt from the beginning, even before I'd gone in, decided what I wanted to do was, there used to be in Nottingham, as I imagine every city did, there were guys that would um, go on Slab Square and they would paint with, they would draw pictures with chalk and the people were throwing them like pennies basically for this. And I remember sort of my mum saying to me, this is what you're going to do with your A-level, Sean. You're good with that a with that art A level, you're going to be chalking pictures on Slab Square. And then at school, they'd say to me, where do you want to go with these A levels? I says, well, I, I want to do something more artistic. Um, I'd like to design album covers. And straight away, these two sort of, um, I don't know what they called them, sort of the employment section of the school, at the, the careers section, I think it was. They looked at me with horror and said, Sean, people from Hucknall, which this tiny provincial mining town that I sort of went to, unfortunate enough to go to school at, uh, they said people from Hucknall um, do not become um, album cover designers. So you're going to have to set the bar a little bit lower. And I remember him saying, you're going to have to go into the National Coal Board um, or Doughty, which was mining engineering, um, a company, one, a company called Stag Cabinet, which produced furniture for Marks and Spencers, or Boots, because they're a local company. So that's what the direction we want you to send you in. Now, bear in mind, three of those companies um, 
completely went bust five years after leaving school. There's only boots that remain, um, as you can possibly imagine. And so there's that doubt right from the beginning. And I sort of could imagine, um, from your point of view, James, that it's sort of totally out of your territory, really, with what you've studied, isn't it? <laughs> Hello? I think we've lost yeah. James. Have we lost James, have we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's fallen off, yeah. He's probably clicked on something on his computer, I imagine, and, and sort of jumped himself out. Um, but, I mean, same for you, though, really, Harry. You sort of, you came, we were in a totally different background. And, and yeah. to take that jump, that risk, um, it's, a, it's a big deal. And, and, and yeah. was it that doubt at the beginning, even though you thought you got the product? Was there any doubt, really? I've, you might I've, have I've never struggled with confidence. I think my parents would both say that as well. Um, and that's one one thing that I, I I try to put onto everyone now is it, have a go at it. I mean, no, no harm can come from it. The worst thing that will happen is you're in the same position you were before, where you you, you either aren't in a job or you, you've had a go. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least you can say that to yourself. And and nine times out of ten, if you're doing something you're passionate about, it it, it will stick eventually. If there are parts of it you you aren't very skilled at and you, you you just haven't got a clue what you're doing, there is someone out there who does enjoy doing that and does know how to do it and will want to help. Sometimes they want to do it free. Sometimes they want to be paid. But there are people that can do that. So if you've ever got that, because I think that's the question that goes around your head when you first start is, well, I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't know how to do this. I wouldn't know how to do that. I know what this is, but I don't know that. It's, well, you, you, you've, you've got it already. You've got something that other people haven't got. Go out and have a go at it. And, um, and, and you'll be surprised how much help is out there and how many people want to help. And, um, and I mean, a classic case for me with James. James. Um, we'd never met, found online, Google result, business consultant, sort of mentorship, went and had a chat, spoke, spoke about the product and, and, and sort of relationship bloomed from there, really. Um, mm. So, you the learning curve, you know, no doubt you had to learn new skills for Definitely. this type of thing. I mean, what, what was the biggest skill that you had to, was it the accountancy side of things or? Biggest skill was understanding the jargon that James can use. I think that's, I've picked <laughs> up a really good filter for that. There's a lot of uh, sort of business jargon that gets thrown around. I do have to say, well, go on, reel it in a minute. Look, what is it you're actually saying there? Um, um, yeah. But bigger skills, I mean, yeah, when you're when you're surrounded by people again, where where your weaknesses are, so mine being the county side, and and you're, you're surrounded by someone, James, who's very good at that, and they're talking about it, and they're going into it, just by being surrounded by that, you start to pick it up, you know, and it, it just I, I would say that's what I, I've gathered most out of it is by surrounding myself by the right people, you you can start to pick up these things. Sure. I, I've, I've seen a couple of names on the, um, the website, a couple of, uh, there's a cyclist on there and a cricketer, yeah. um, the name dropped in there. Um, is, is it going to add to the list, do you think? Oh, a few more to add to the list, sorry, did you say? Yeah, yeah will there be a yeah. few more on so, the lad? So we started with um, Erin Naylor, so she got in touch. I mean, the beauty of us being signed up to Inform Sports, who are the, sort of, they're the, the athlete accreditation programme that we have. Um, athletes can find us on their website Um, so I mean in the first couple of months we had athletes saying look there's no decent vegan products out there yours has been signed off our club says we can take a product can we try it Um, and and we work in a way we because we we like to be an organic growth because we're an organic product you know we're no bullshit you know we're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes the same way we work with ambassadors and influencers and 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 famous sports people that we're working with we won't work with them unless you like the product and you'll never get any of it for free. That's, that's the first conversation I have with you. I'll say, 
If you'd like to represent the brand, you'd like to try the product, that's great. I'll send some out to you. If you don't like it, tell me. We won't go any further for you. Yeah. If you don't, it's not for you, it isn't for you, but it's great. And, and we're also not going to throw you any free product, you know I mean? Everyone else got to pay for it. Why, why shouldn't you? So, and, and the response we get from that is, surprisingly, we get quite a good response because, I mean, a lot of celebrities and sort of athletes and things like this, they get thrown free products, go and plaster all over their Instagram, social media. It's, it, I, I don't think it's very organic and I, I don't like the way it comes across either. So um, we, we, we are speaking with others. So we spoke there in Naylor first. She was New Zealand women's goalkeeper. She's a fantastic, fantastic girl. And she's really, really, really good at the minute. She's a potential talk to her coming to England. Uh, Tom as well, Tom King, he's Newport County goalkeeper. Seems like right. a lot of goalkeepers on board at Gorilla Juice. Nice. Um, yeah, George, George Davies. I suppose they can put the Gorilla sort of merchandise yeah. in the back of the goal, can't they? I suppose. Yeah, maybe there's something in that, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Great merchandise. You know, like they come out, don't they, and they throw this, you know, I remember seeing keepers from England where they throw the stuff yeah. in the back. The net, don't they? That they're going to need later on, exactly. and you think that'd be great if you had the gorilla bottle there. You know the the nice one that you can buy off your website. You know, yeah. with the gym. Um, so so yeah, it's it would yeah. be it'd be nice that we want to look at. Yeah, definitely, it'd be nice to do that. Three thousand fans at uh, a big yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we've, We've had some weird, weird traction from um, across all over Europe, really, and um, I mean South America. Had Kathleen de Salza, she's she's Brazilian women's centre mid. Um, oh. She heard about the brand online, and she, she got in touch. I'd love to try it, sent some out, and she's now um, on board as an ambassador as well, representing sure. the brand. Um, a, a young lady called Kurtu Lack as well. She is Estonia's um, best volleyball player, voted last three mm. years on the bounce, and. Um, yeah, she's she's come aboard. Really great, great, um, really great girl. We're a huge future ahead of her too. So, so, so these, these people are coming to you now. You're not going uh, to them. They're to you. We we try not to approach because again, it's not it's it, it's very nice to have someone representing the brand, but it's even nicer if they found their way here. You know. Of course, yeah. I mean, that, you know. Directions. Yeah, yeah. What what better better accreditation? accreditation than that really you know when you've got somebody um who's actually come to you rather than sort of you, you're sending them beats earphones to to, to wear yeah um, yeah exactly you know. yeah freebies here there, <laughs> everywhere so it aligns well with the brand you know no nonsense and, and organic although we aren't fully organic products we've, we've spoken about earlier in the program i think we tried we're trying to grow organically we don't want to um yeah there's no there's no nonsense with us I saw uh, I saw some stats on uh, on vegans actually recently on the is it Petter is it I think they're the um, yeah, yeah. pro animal website and mm. apparently every vegan same saves two hundred animals a year really have you heard of that before I can believe it yeah definitely two hundred animals a year which is is brilliant isn't it for yeah. you know um, for animal lovers you know every every vegan say because obviously it's you know it's not just the animals that you're destroying but you, you, you you're using more um natural materials to feed the animals before yeah. you kill them don't yeah. you so i think yeah. i think that's what it's saying yeah. um but it's, it's also another interesting one um from their website where i actually like their logo when they say there's no planet b have you seen that with someone holding up the planet and there's no planet B? So I think you mentioned you can't go to Mars. It's a long way to Mars or something on your website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a nice planet here. Let's look after it. 
yeah, you know, there is, there is no planet B, which is, is lovely, isn't it, really, when you think about it. You know, we've well, got to look after this one because there's no alternative, really, especially not in our solar system. You're not going to be survived there. But the one interesting fact that I saw was 2.4 million cases of food poison a year from eating meat. Um, really? Fevers, oh, yeah, you name it. Um, so, yeah, so... It's 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 um yeah it's that's see. more the thing to worry about isn't it as well I mean um, I'd, I'd like to see the um, fatality rate for that actually they've not oh, mentioned yeah. they've not mentioned anything about you know of those four million people you know unfortunately uh, three hundred of them died you know from eating meat that'd be even more of a sort yeah. of um, justification for becoming uh, vegan as well yeah. and, and and another one they put on there and I didn't know this which was the most amazing fact about um, being a um, being a vegan uh, and not eating meat is that pigs can actually learn to play video games. Can they really? <laughs> Why they chose video games? I don't know. Probably um, to try and come across the intelligence factor. You know, like people say, don't eat octopus because it's a really smart animal. You know, it's you don't want to eat anything with intelligence. Yeah. So they're trying to say that pigs can learn to play video games. I think they're trying to probably relate to the younger generation, aren't they? There. Well, yeah, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of studies that are coming out on there at the moment. It's good. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely have to sort of try some of but especially now we know how cheap it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get some samples sent out so you can see which flavour takes your fancy first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And if you're trying any, especially with vanilla in or red wine flavour, then yeah, I'm, I'm your man for that one. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on that. We'll find a nice or something. Yeah, sure. But uh, but no, it's been lovely speaking to you guys anyway. You. You know, games sort of fell off the end of, of Connection, Connection Mountain, yeah. probably fell into the, uh, into the coast off Norfolk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> connections in the sea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great. The story's been great as well, mate. It's been yeah. uh, really good talking to you guys. Uh, lots of inspiration in there, especially for people who are looking to start up a business. And of course, the product, like I say, I should have probably tried it before I'd sort of come on. But um, one thing or another, homeschooling has been a nightmare. Um, it's very time consuming. It's tiring. Um, so one thing, but yeah, I'd love to have, have sort of tried some before and sort of give my opinion on it and sort of yeah. say, you know, this is damn good stuff. You know, this yeah. is a one closer to me sort of having less barbecues this year because I don't, you know, exactly. don't exactly. think my pancreas can take many more of these things but no it's great and it is and it is great that you've produced that because there's such a, a stigma isn't there with that type of product with that food yeah. it's like no, it, it doesn't we, taste any we can't break it that you know that's, that's the whole point we, we, we haven't got any um, we haven't got any favourites here you know we, we, it's a vegan product but we'd we love to get carnivores on board too you know um, if we can change a few minds in the meantime, yeah, it's like a, like a vegan religion, isn't it? It's there like you go. Yeah, into into um, into the world of of of, of no of a world a world free of of meat, sort of. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah be fantastic. I mean, eggs. I'm I'm struggling with eggs. I think still, um, but obviously nothing's really dying with eggs. I don't suppose so. Um, eggs. I don't feel as guilty about eggs. I don't think um, as I do maybe about a cat. I think my daughter at the age of six, she's just realising that what she eats is an animal. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I think, I don't know what age I was at actually, when I actually realized that the chicken I was eating was actually a living creature at some point. I thought it was kind of processed yeah. and just called chicken, coincidentally called chicken, because obviously <laughs> beef isn't actually a cow, is it? So it's like, oh, I'm having beef. You think, oh, it's, yeah. someone's made this somewhere. And then all of a sudden it sort of hits you. Um, I lived opposite a slaughterhouse, actually. Well, no, I didn't live opposite a slaughterhouse. My great-granddad lived opposite slaughterhouse in the mm. 70s. So I remember the carnage that mm. was left after they sort of slaughtered these pigs and seeing this river of blood run down the road into the stream at the end of the road. Yeah. And that was quite yeah. shocking. I actually felt I could feel the souls of the pigs in there still when they'd been sort of carted away. You know, yeah. you could sort of hear them sort of squealing because they knew that they're, because like I say, they are intelligent creatures. I mean, they, these people, these pigs now play Nintendo, crying out loud. You know, they're going to know that they're going to die. So, um, you know, it was like, yeah, there's, there's something in that. And that kind of sort of, why are they taking those pigs away, Mum? You know, oh, because they're going to, it's a, it was co-op. It was the co-op actually mm-hmm. that owned the slaughterhouse, um, yeah. and it was it was their meat. So yeah, it was quite yeah. the kind of step away from it is me. And like, yeah, so finally, if we, can, if we can reduce that, then that, that'd be great. That really would. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Great job that you guys are doing. Absolutely fantastic. And like, say, so we'll have to try this stuff. At yeah, work. please do. Yeah, because need to move away from it. Because I think I read a stat somewhere by the time. A man's uh, reaches middle age. He can t- his bowel contains sort of five pound of undigested meat, um, which yeah, at middle age and sort of feeling a bit heavier. I'm thinking, is that undigested meat? No, indeed, yeah, um, you know, it's not good. So yeah, it might be the thing that sort of uh, finally converts me into the right path. We'd love to be. We'd love to. Yeah, sure. Anyway, great speaking to you, Harry. And I'll, yeah, thank uh, you. Appreciate your time, Sean. Yeah, all the best. Thank Take you care, so mate. much. All the best. Thanks, bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.